0: Hello, everyone. I'm Warren Smith, and thanks for joining us for the Ministry Watch podcast. At Ministry Watch, we bring you the latest in charity and philanthropy, all designed to help you become a better steward of the resources God has entrusted to you. On today's program, Ministry Watch Extra, I talk with a man who is fueling a movement of generosity in this country. His name is Brian Kluth. Brian has been called America's giving guy because of his work to help Christians become more generous. As you'll hear him say later in today's program, people aren't born generous, and even when they are born again, that doesn't automatically make them generous. Generosity is learned. Generosity grows as we grow as a Christian. Brian Cluth's books and devotionals on generous giving have sold more than a million copies and have been translated into more than 40 languages. They've been used in more than 100 countries. For the past four years, Brian has been working specifically to get the church to be more generous with it's Pastor, and he's been spearheading a movement called Bless Your Pastor that hopes to reduce pastor burnout, increase job satisfaction on the part of pastors, and create healthy pastors and their families, as well as, of course, healthy churches as well. We talk about all that, plus the time that he lived through the death of his first wife to cancer. In this conversation, which I had with Brian at the National Religious Broadcasters annual meeting back in the spring in Nashville, Tennessee. Brian, it's great to be with you again. And you and I were talking before we turned the recorder on about, I think the first time we ever met face-to-face, which was years ago in Colorado Springs.
1: Yeah, it was. We happened to have a lunch together. You were in town for one of your many trips to Colorado Springs and we had a nice visit and I had just kind of launched into a generosity work at that time and we were talking about that and ultimately you know, an article came out of that and so well, it was
0: great. A, yeah, they, they, that, was a, that was a great visit. It was yeah. wonderful to meet you. I've been following you, you know, sort of your life and career since then. And I want to begin our conversation really with kind of the arc of your career because sure. it's been, it has been fascinating. I mean, you, you were a pastor for many years.
1: Yeah, I was. I had the privilege of being a pastor for 10 years in Colorado Springs, but I didn't become a pastor until I was 45. So I had been the president of the Christian Stewardship Association, got God's call in my life at the age of 45 to become a pastor, didn't know how that was going to work. But the Lord worked it out, and I had a wonderful 10 years with a tremendous congregation in the Springs, and uh, I just thank God for those years and the lives uh, I could touch and the lives that touched me and, and loved me during that season.
0: And, and in some ways, what happened next for you was a culmination of both of those experiences because all of your stewardship years uh, plus all of your pastoral years kind of combined into a season in your life where you were really focused on helping other people understand. Understand stewardship and generosity.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, my uh, I wrote a little book called "The 40-Day Journey to a More Generous Life," and it just kind of took on a life of its own. Uh, it's used by 3,000 churches across America. Went into 40, 50 languages around the world. Used on every continent, and so that was all happening while I was a pastor. And so my elders, uh, they took a time of prayer and fasting and, uh, and said, what should we do about what God's doing in and through Brian's life? And they ultimately, over about a two-year period, released me from being the senior pastor at the church to becoming a minister at large, generosity minister at large from the church. And so they called and commissioned me in a public ceremony to give my life to encouraging people around the country and the world. How do you live a generous life? What does that look like? And and to create materials and do national research and to do speaking at churches and conferences. So it was really quite quite an amazing journey. And I did that for seven years, uh, that generosity ministry work. And what happened next, I want to get to in
0: just a little bit, because that's really the the, the main reason that we're talking <laughs> yes. today. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about that seven-year period, yeah. because uh, ultimately, after the season of prayer and fasting uh, by your church and releasing you to do this work, and and you did, you did that, it was full-time, it yeah. became ultimately became full-time, you were going through some personal issues as well.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh at the end of my pastoral ministry, the last two years, my my wife, um, I actually have to back up, uh, while my first couple of years of being a pastor, my wife was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer, which is one of the most deadly cancers a woman can be diagnosed with. Uh, 85% of women die within 12 months of diagnosis. And my uh, wife ended up living for eight years. So God, in his kindness, uh, blessed her and extended her life, and she lived a very, very full life. Uh, and then uh, I was called to this new work, and then shortly after that, she passed away. Yeah. Um, talk about that season. What was that
0: like? I mean, you were, you were uh, I mean, there were endings and beginnings professionally, personally. I mean, how did you deal with that?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, my son, I remember my son said to me one day, he said, Dad, how are you going to deal with mom's loss? And I said, Josh, I'm going to have to deal with mom's loss like every other day of my life. And if I wake up, I spend time with the Lord and his word. And I look to the Lord for what he wants me to do that day. And at the end of the day, when I lie in bed, I turn back to his word. And again, I'm in prayer and I'm in the word. And I'm going to have to do that whether mom lives or whether mom dies or when mom dies. I'm going to just have to walk with the Lord. And so uh, it wasn't difficult, but it was a it was a season of great joy. Uh, she had cancer, but she called it a journey of joy. She would tell people she lived at the big C and they would say, "Oh, she have cancer? You have cancer?" And she'd say, "Well, I, I have, I have cancer, but that's not my big C." And they would say, "Well, what's your big C?" And she would say, "Christ, hmm. Christ is my big C." So she lived a journey of joy. Uh, my life was blessed in those eight years that she lived, and my children's life. And then the Lord, you know, gave her a heaven day, and uh, I had to go on. And it was difficult being a single dad to three teenagers. That was pretty tough but I had to every morning wake up and in the Word and in prayer. And at the end of the day, God, thank you for getting me through the day. And uh, so that was uh, those were some challenging times, but the Lord is very gracious and faithful.
0: Yeah, you say challenging uh, being a single dad yeah. to three teenagers. And you also mentioned one of your sons just now, yeah. uh, if you don't mind me asking, how did they deal with it?
1: You know, uh, each of them dealt with it differently. Uh, when, you're, when your parent has cancer and ultimately dies, and you're young, uh, there's a lot of big God questions in there. If God loved our family, why did this happen? If God loved our family, how could mom have died kind of thing? So uh, two of my children took a, a difficult path because uh, they were like, well, I don't think God loves us. And even though I would say, no, he does love us. Uh, and so they had consequences for those that path they chose. And I had my youngest son, uh, his solution was memorize the book of James and count it all joy, brethren, when you counter count various trials. So my youngest son actually embraced Christ more, leaned into the Lord, leaned into the scriptures. And today he's uh, you know on fire for the Lord and ready to graduate from Moody Bible Institute and has a ministry uh, uh, called Scripture Performer, where he will perform the scriptures he memorized many years ago in his own pain. So...
0: So that season um, of your life, I mean, it, I guess in some ways you never get over it. You just get past it, and mm-hmm. it both for you and your family. But, you know, you, you enter into this new season. You're, you're a widower. You're raising kids. Um, you are got a new ministry, yep. right? Then romance comes back into your life.
1: Romance comes back into my life, yes. I uh, started the singles ministry in Denver. There wasn't a strong, vibrant single adult ministry when I moved to Denver. So with another friend, a female friend, we started one that ultimately grew to about 300 people every week. Uh, We would teach the Bible on singleness, single characters in the Bible. And uh, in that ministry, uh, uh, my wife, a friend brought her. She was also widowed, same year I was. And uh, we ultimately met in that singles ministry and, uh, and, and married and, and uh, coming up on seven years of marriage. And uh, she is a wonderful gift, a wonderful person. And we serve the Lord together. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier as a man. And I'm blessed to just have an incredible wife, incredible first wife and an incredible second wife. So,
0: so Brian, those seasons of your life— um, uh... Came and in some ways are still with you, but a new season opened up with this uh, bless your pastor um, opportunity. Tell us about that. I know it's associated with the National Association of Evangelicals, right. and uh, well, you fill us in. What's the story? Yeah,
1: so uh, four years ago, uh, I had a time with the Lord, and, and God frequently will speak to me in the early morning hours. I'll find myself, I'll find myself wide awake at three or four in the morning. And usually that's a signal for me to go, I'll go into the living room and I'll, I have a Bible and a hymn book and a notebook and I'll just spend time with the Lord. It might be a half hour, hour, hour and a half, frequently then just go back to bed. Uh, and, and one of those times, four years ago, I really had a wonderful sense of the presence of God in that time and in that space and the love of God for me and, and a strong sense that there was something new for me to do. And it was a very unique moment. Uh, but I was so unique that I went the next morning and I, you know, I went back to bed and woke, woke up, told my wife, I said, I really had a like a visitation from the Lord last night. And she said, Well, what, what's that all about? And I said, I think there's something new for me to do. And she said, Well, what would that be? And I said, I have no idea. I mean, she goes, Well, you're always thinking of, of ideas and things to do. I said, No, this has nothing to do with me, this is something outside of me. But we need to be sensitive that God might be bringing something into my life. Which would be,
0: I mean, really a pivot for you. Because, I mean, your whole <laughs> career has been focused on generosity yeah. and, and yeah. giving and stewardship. and <laughs> yes. uh, So for that season to, if not end, at least kind of
1: change. Pivot, pivot is the right word. Yeah. Yeah, that there was a pivot point coming. And so anyway, so that week, I think it was about that week or within a week, I came across a newsletter from the NAE that they had been given a million dollars by Lilly Endowment to help improve the financial health of pastors. And I had been on the board at NAE, and I thought, well, that's awesome. That's wonderful.
0: Let me just pause for the National (laughs) Association of Evangelicals. (laughs) National Association of Evangelicals. They they
1: serve 40 denominations, and so they got this million dollars to help improve the financial health of pastors. And they'd done national research and pastors are struggling financially and most people didn't know it. And I thought that was, I was so happy, you know, with my financial background, my generosity background. And I read the article and it says, we have the money, but we have no one to lead the program. Mm. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. So I, They had a job description, so I clicked on the job description, and I read that, and everything that was on the job description, I had the skill set to do and the qualifications. And the whole time I'm doing this now, I I just got remarried. My wife had a dream to live in the foothills of the mountains outside of Colorado, outside of Denver, Colorado. We had just moved. that location she had a dream to live in the foothills and i had a dream to have a happy wife so we so we were living so we were living our dream on 7,500 foot elevation in golden colorado and there's this job description that's a perfect fit for me and i'm thinking the whole time i that's in washington dc my wife is never going to agree to move to washington dc so anyway i read through the whole job description and the final line was Whoever we call to do this work can work; they can live wherever they want. And that's
0: remarkable. Uh, before we um, d- talk about the work and what yeah. you're doing now, let, let me pause um, on some of that research that you mentioned. Do yes. you, um, you saw the article or you saw the job posting and uh, you read about the Lilly Endowment money? Pastors really are struggling in this country, right?
1: Yeah, they really are. Unfortunately, what people see is they see celebrity pastors on TV and they think they're all rolling in the dough, which is far from reality. Uh, The reality is is 80% of pastors are in churches of under 200 people, 55% of pastors serving churches under 100, Uh, uh, 50% of pastors in America make less than 50,000 a year, though they're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. 60%, Sixty percent no retirement, no health care, uh, and so ninety uh, percent feel financial stress, and yet they're not free to talk about it. They're you know if they say something, it'd be very awkward with the church board or even the congregation. Well, yeah,
0: that's right. I mean, if they talk to their their board or their elders or their congregation, it would be like you know all my pastor cares about is money. He's trying to get me to give more exactly. money. I mean, it, exactly. it, it's a, it's kind of a yeah. Everybody brings an agenda to that conversation, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah.
1: And in America, the average church budget is $125,000 total. So that's to pay the pastor, take care of the building, give to missions, you know, have a children's program. So $125,000 for the whole church doesn't leave a lot of money to go around. For the pastor or staff. So. Yeah.
0: So, what are you going to do? What are you? So, you see this job description? Yeah. It's you. Clearly, you've gotten the job. We'll just stipulate <laughs> for the record that yes. you got the job, right? <laughs> I did get the job. So, what have you been doing for the last? Yeah. Few years, so, three, four uh, years on this? so
1: we created a course, online course. It's completely free for pastors, and it's called "God Is Your Provider." and we look at 10 ways God provides. One of them is a paycheck, but there's nine other ways. Even some people listening to us, maybe you know you, you have a paycheck, but it's not big enough. Uh, so you could go to naefinancialhealth.org and you could go get the free course. And we kind of compiled the best of Ramsey, Ron Blue, Crown, Compass, My Materials, and put it in one place where people any age, any income can go through and get some financial help to improve their financial health. So we built that course, we built a church generosity course for church boards. How do you grow givers? How do you encourage generosity in the church? Again, always with best practices and best resources. Uh, And so we built that out, we work with denominations and we actually give money to denominations to gift to pastors. So we're currently working with 10 denominations and they'll actually offer grants to their pastors for retirement, uh, medical care, uh, student loans and uh, they'll offer the grant, let's say it's $2,000, and then the, the pastor will take the training, do the online training, and they'll be gifted this money. So we have money to gift through denominations to their pastors. But for anybody, we have these free online courses at NEFinancialHealth.org. Yeah. So what what kind of results
0: have you seen as a result of this? Right? Because, I mean, there's got to be more than, okay, I'm not making enough money, so yeah. uh, and I'm unhappy about that. There's got to be sort of more to it than, well, here's how you can be happy with the <laughs> pittance that you're making, right? I mean, you know, the, well, the, think, the money, the grant money and yeah. teaching generosity in the church. And- I, I think,
1: I think 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 there's several things one is is that people go through the best practices and they really do get help so if you need affordable health care we'll show you how to get that if you need to not have a car payment we'll show you how to do that if you need to know how to budget we'll show you how to do that so even myself so I built the course and my wife and I went through it we used the course and we lowered our medical cost fifteen thousand a year. We lowered our car insurance four thousand a year. Now I didn't get a raise, but I right there in fifteen thousand and four, that was nineteen thousand dollars that using that course helped me and my wife. And so that's the value it was that it brings to a, a couple or an individual. And then for churches, we've had churches go through the church generosity course, and they've seen double-digit giving increases. They've experienced gifts they've never received before, five-figure gifts, sometimes even larger gifts. And it's been pretty incredible, small and large churches, using this material, have just seen some pretty big transformation.
0: Lily gave this money. Yes. And um, you've been at it now for a few years. Um, is this going to just keep going in perpetuity or not?
1: Yeah, Lily's given us money four times. So we've had actually four grants, and there's the possibility of even more. But uh, the, we have money through the next three years. So 2020, 2021, 2021, 2022, and possibly beyond that. But the training will be there for, for many years to come, the online training that's free. Brian, a
0: part of what you're doing is getting down to a pretty granular level. You've already talked about that you've got funds that you're actually giving as gifts. I know uh, Lily, for example, sometimes will finance sabbaticals for pastors as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got the training program, but you've got a particular program that I want you to say something about called Bless Your Pastor.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bless Your Pastor is a very, very simple program where we empower churches and Christians to better care for their pastor. Uh, we wrote. I wrote a little flyer called "50 Ways to Bless Your Pastor and Church Staff," and the whole idea of the bless your pastor is we invite. Christians and churches to just go to blessyourpastor.org, get the free resources. There's a seven-minute video for the church board to watch. There's free materials for the church to use. So we, we invite churches to just distribute that Bless Your Pastor flyer, 50 Ways to Bless Your Pastor, and it has all these creative ways to really love and care for their pastor. Uh, uh, you know, if your dentist, take care of their teeth, you know, your mechanic, fix their car, you know, you've planted like planting flowers, go do that. You've got a timeshare, share Share with your pastor, whatever gifts and abilities and skills you have, share them with your pastor and staff. So we ask churches to give out that 50 ways list, take an appreciation offering because that will really help a pastor and a staff. And then when they do that, we will give that pastor a $250 gift card. So it's as simple as I call it, one, two, three. Get the free 50 ways list, distribute it and take an offering. Let us know you did it and we'll send your pastor a $250 gift card with the grant money that we have. And we're able to help thousands of pastors. So everybody listening, you know, your pastor could be blessed by that gift card, but they'd be blessed by the 50 ways list getting out and people in your church would, when people see that list, they're always like, I never thought of all these ideas of what I could personally do to bless my pastor. And then for the church board, we really address compensation and benefits and all of that. So it's just a great uh, tool to really love and care for pastors. A lot of churches do it in October, Pastor Appreciation Month, but it's been designed. It can be done any time of the year. Uh, you can do it around a pastor's birthday. You could do it around the Christmas holidays. But uh, we've created the website, blessyourpastor.org, and everything's free on that site, and uh, anyone can do it.
0: So what's sort of the long game here? I mean, obviously you want you know more, more churches to take advantage of mm-hmm. these opportunities, but like, if you could wake up five years from now or 10 years from now or 15 years from now, what would you want to see different about the church?
1: Yeah, I think what I want like to see is just generosity being joyfully lived out, pastors being loved and cared for and supported, Uh, churches having resources to do outreach and ministry and take care of their buildings and take care of their programs, Uh, missions increasing because people are living in the joy of generosity. That's my heart. Uh, You know, generosity is not about guilt. It's about grace. The Bible says excel in the grace of giving. And so everything we've done is really about letting God be your provider, learning to share what God's given you and being a blessing to pastors or people in need or people on the other side of the world. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. That's SaveTheStorks.com.
0: Welcome back. I'm Warren Smith, and you're listening in on the Ministry Watch podcast. Today's conversation is with Brian Kluth. Brian is what I'm fond of calling the best-known guy that you've never heard of in the modern evangelical church because he often works behind the scenes with pastors and church leaders. That work and his own 10-year 10 tenure as a pastor has caused him to understand the financial and other pressures that pastors are under. And that wisdom has informed his recent work, an initiative by the National Association of Evangelicals
1: called Bless Your heart pastor. One thing we, I would say about the whole idea of Bless Your Pastor movement, it's good for Christians and church leaders to get the information early, uh, to do it uh, like if there's an October Pastor Appreciation Month, try to get that material the months ahead so you can just kind of put this in place and decide if you're going to do it in October or do it at the end of the year or do it next year. But it's, it's really, uh, I know this, pastors uh, will love it, Pastors will deeply appreciate what happens. And many have told me, they say, you have no idea how this has helped me. So a lot of pastors are on the verge of leaving ministry just because they're so discouraged and they're struggling financially, but they can't talk about it. So when this kind of bless your pastor thing happens in their congregation, they feel the love, they feel the support. It energizes them to keep, keep in the game, keep, keep doing the work, keep shepherding the flock. And so uh, it can really be a life-changer and a life-giving thing for pastors and churches.
0: Brian, I want to ask you some specific questions about sort of um, crisis points in pastors' lives. Um, or, and, and not necessarily crisis points, but milestone events, too, like a kid going <laughs> off to college, right? Yes. Uh, I think a lot of pastors— um, you know, kind of figure out how to make it day to day on whatever salary they've got. But then, you know, like I said, uh, a kid goes off to college or they have a health crisis or something like that. Uh, Have you seen those situations show up in pastors' lives and and how the congregations and how the pastors have dealt with them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Many pastors do live paycheck to paycheck. There just isn't extra. Uh, But it's wonderful when there are people within the congregation that have more than enough and they know they have more than enough. It's an incredible thing to see them step into those opportunities and say, hey, your son or daughter to the pastor is going off to college, we wanna help with that. Or we wanna help them go to a Christian school, or we wanna help them get to camp, summer camp this summer, or whatever camp is going on. So when people step into those opportunities, uh, there might be a health crisis. Uh, My wife uh, had cancer for eight years, so we had over, sitting on $100,000 in bills. We didn't have the money to pay. And people stepped up, friends uh, from around the country and and our church, and people just gifted us gifts so that 100% of all of our bills were paid. I could have never saved enough as a pastor. I took a $70,000 pay cut to become a pastor. uh, So I couldn't save the money to do that. But God used people, generous people, that stepped into those situations uh, to help. I remember one time we needed a car, and someone stepped up and helped us get that car. They said, Pastor, you need a different car, and they helped make it happen.
0: So it sounds like what you're doing, Brian, is just helping people to open their eyes and see what's going on right in their own church communities.
1: Yeah, open their eyes and open their hands. Open their hearts to what they have and to see the need and to help fill it. Yeah, absolutely. There's, this is a, this is a generosity movement, calling people to be, gen, you know, generous with what they have. We are blessed to be a blessing, so if God has blessed you with skills and resources or whatever you have, uh, you know, vacation home, uh, share that, gift that, uh, and you will be used by God to, you know, change the life of a pastor and his family.
0: Brian, one of the things I've heard you say is that when people open up their hands to give, yep. their hands are open to receive as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When people are tight-fisted, when they're not generous and they're holding on to their finite resources, uh, nothing's going out, but not a, not a lot is coming in. But when you learn to be generous, and I always tell people, no one's born generous, no one's born again generous. You have to learn to be generous. And as you learn to open your hands and share what you do have, I do believe God does bring provisions into your life. He brings provisions, he brings wisdom, he brings guidance. And so you are always, always better learning to be open handed and generous than tight fisted, stingy and selfish. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I want to be clear, you're not promoting health and wealth projects. No, not prosperity at all. At no, all. not
1: at all. Uh again, I believe I don't give to get, I give because I've received. I give because I already have something. We are are blessed. Uh, you know, we give not to get a blessing; we give to be a blessing. Psalm 67:7 says, "God blesses us that all the ends of the earth might worship Him." And so, it's not a prosperity gospel message; it's a transformational generosity message, uh, where God transforms us into being joyful givers and blessers of other people. That brings to a close this Ministry
0: Watch Extra podcast, my conversation with Brian Kluth. You can learn more about the National Association of Evangelicals' Bless Your Pastor program by going to blessyourpastor.org. A couple of quick reminders before we go. I'd like to remind you that there's a quick and easy way, and it's also free for you to support this program, and that's simply to rate us on the podcast app that you're using. The more ratings we have, the better the podcast performs with search engines. You can also leave a comment when you give us that rating. I can't respond via the app to your comments, but please know that I read them all and I find them both encouraging and often really helpful. The producers for today's program are Rich Roswell and Steve Gandy. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, and you've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. May God bless you.